Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. Say you're a company thinking about planting a forest of trees or financing clean energy, then claiming the reduction in greenhouse gases to offset your own pollution. Carbon offsets, in other words. This has been a popular move for decades. But as Federica Di Sario from Politico Europe reports, many of the carbon offset schemes that companies are using have lost credibility and are regularly accused of greenwashing. So today, Federica explains the bad reputation many of these schemes have developed and goes inside the effort to save the carbon offset market. It's Friday, July 21st. The offset market has always had a very bad reputation, actually, for the people who are a bit into the scheme. But I think that since the start of this year, it has become really mainstream. The idea that the offsets market is a sort of scam and that they sell junk credits that do not actually account for real emissions reduction has become really mainstream. And the main reason is that there have been a wave of scandals that have been uh, published, for instance, by The Guardian, by Bloomberg, by different media outlets that have really exposed the fact that a lot of these projects, actually the vast majority, uh, doesn't really produce an effective climate action. So we are talking about a $2 billion worth scheme. And there has been an investigation by The Guardian and some researchers that shows that 90% of the rainforest credits, which are the most widespread ones, so those that are supposed to avoid deforestation, actually are worthless. So that's how we started really discussing the value of the offsets and whether it's worth to continue this practice. Interesting. And so who's behind this new effort to save offsets that you reported on? And what sort of recommendations are they making? There are different actors that are trying to save it because there is so much, as I said, pushback now in the media. Uh, So the NGOs have always been vocal against the offsets. I mean, you can recall Greta Thunberg at different cops calling offsets uh, greenwashing purely. And so now I think there is an effort both by institutions, for instance, uh, and based in Brussels, the EU is trying to do something to regulate the sort of claims that companies can make once they purchase carbon offsets. And for instance, to make sure that they do not call their products carbon neutral just because they purchase a lot of offsets and maybe also not very expensive ones. Also, the industry is trying to do something because they're very aware of the bad reputation they have gotten into. And so what they're trying to do, because they actually want to develop the market, they want to make it bigger, they want to have more opportunities, but they realize they cannot do so if they do not tackle the transparency issue first. There is a task force which is completely independent, which is called the Integrity Council, so the ICVCM Integrity Council of the Voluntary Carbon Markets, which is now trying to uh, develop a set of recommendations. So basically, yeah, there are different actors and also just the industries himself. So for instance, South Pole, which is the biggest seller of offsets worldwide, is also trying to define new paradigms. Uh, so that it can ensure its clients that they're buying what they call high-integrity carbon credits. And how are critics of carbon offsets reacting to these proposals to improve the market, and do they expect it to move the needle at all? 
Yeah, so you know, I ask different people uh, both in the in the industry. Of course, they tend to be uh, more hopeful that this is gonna be enough. They say this is exactly what we need. The system is the right one. We just need to fix it. It's normal. That's uh, what happens usually. Uh, they also argue that's exactly what happened, for instance, in the EU with the ETS, which is the emissions trading uh, system. So basically the compliance market, they also argue it's exactly the same thing. You start with a system that doesn't work so well, and then you just need to find a way to fix it. Whereas if you talk about the critics, they really think that even if you apply some uh, non-binding rules like this is really not going to be sufficient to change the way carbon offsets have been operating for 20 years right now so i think they appreciate the fact this new effort to bring more transparency but they don't believe that this is going to be enough and look even the people who tend to be uh, more hopeful they say well it's not like the whole system is rotten but even then they say there is an impossibility. It's impossible that this system works because you cannot just calculate how much carbon you're reducing. It's just too imprecise as a model, basically. Makes sense. And we know companies, at least some of them, are starting to move away from carbon offsets because they're being accused of greenwashing. So what's the new approach they're taking instead? Indeed. So there is a real problem. And as you say, they're starting to be accused of greenwashing. And in some cases, it's even worse than that because they are starting to get sued because they have made what they call misleading marketing claim because they've said, for instance, that their products, their water, for instance, the Evian water from Danone is carbon neutral. And so they get sued for this. So there is a real risk for companies. And so, of course, a company like South Pole, which, as I said before, is the biggest seller of carbon offsets, is afraid to lose some of its customers because not only they don't get some positive reputation because of it, but also they're risking to be accused of greenwashing and in the worst of the scenarios also to be sued. So the new approach, as you say, is to shift. So basically to move from a compensation model to what we call now the contribution. So before you would argue that you're compensating your carbon emissions by buying these offsets that are supposed to reduce emissions by investing in renewable projects or avoiding deforestation, whereas now you basically buy the same credits. I mean, let's be honest, those are exactly the same credits. But at the same time, you argue just that you're contributing to climate action. So you're avoiding the risk of making misleading claims. For instance, in Europe, we are now trying to regulate this, but there are countries who have already taken this approach in France, in the UK. It's already forbidden to call your product carbon neutral. Also, on Thursday, Senate appropriators unanimously approved a more than $58 billion bill to fund the Energy Department, Army Corps of Engineers, and Interior Water Programs. A group of bipartisan Senate appropriators agreed to pad four of their appropriations bills with an extra $14 billion above the spending caps that were set in the bipartisan debt ceiling deal this spring, which puts them on a collision course with House Republicans. The Senate measure does not include deep cuts to climate and clean energy programs included in the House's bill, and it leaves out controversial policy riders. The measure will now go to the Senate floor for consideration. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. 
Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Norma Malichael is the podcast producer. Alex Keeney and Annie Reese edited the podcast this week. Our editors are Matt Daly and Gloria Gonzalez. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron knows developing and deploying carbon capture and storage is a critical step in helping make progress towards global net zero, which is why we're targeting 25 million tons of CO2 per year in storage and offsets by the end of the decade. That's energy in progress. Visit chevron.com slash carbon capture.